I had told my mom, I said, yeah, I really like this album because the girl on the cover of the album is really cute and she understands, <laughs> you know, you know, emotion. And my mother's like, that's a man. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, that, that the boy George, that's his name. That's a man. And now it's time to play it back. The show where we talk about the songs we love, hate, and appreciate. I'm John Asante. And I'm Gia Jung. Gia, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Spring has sprung. And Monday is done. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. And I'm glad we're here in the studio. Today's show, we're talking about the search for a perfect song. You know, that song you share with someone you care about so much. The perfect song. Oh my God. You go to like any length to find it, you know? And when you get a hold of it, you want that person to hear it, and you, you think that the world's going to change, and you're going to change, and everything's going to be great, and you're going to be together. You know that moment? Well, I don't know about all that, but I have. <laughs> okay. I definitely have had songs. I have to reach back to my to my youth. Yeah. The teenage years. Um, we This is before cell phones and everything, mm-hmm. and we had a campus-wide voicemail system, and everybody had these four-digit extensions, so you could go to any phone on campus and dial it uh-huh. and leave your friend a message. Oh. You could also leave a crush a message. I like so that. I was really obsessed with Hole. Say what you will about Courtney Love. No, hey, but, I love Hole. Oh, man, Doll Parts. Yeah. And that I decided one day I was like, I started off, with the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack with mm-hmm. number one crush by Garbage. And I was like, I'm going to play this to my crush. But then I, midstream, I was like, no, that's too obvious. I don't even like this song as much as Doll Parts. Uh-huh. So I, I like played it. I called up his extension <laughs> and I played the song Doll Parts on it. You know? And yeah, she's yeah. like, I love you so much, it just turns into hate. I love him so much, it just turns to hate. And I like played it and didn't leave any other information. So, so just creepy. mysterious, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and to this day, I, I won't say his name. But actually, he would probably, if he even listened, he would know exactly. Yeah, so he, he didn't got know, that message. He didn't know it was you. He didn't know it was me. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, and he still won't because, <laughs> you know. So but. I love that that whole thing, that whole voicemail thing. Um, for me, like the specific moment I remember was more of like a timing thing. It was I wasn't I couldn't really control necessarily when the song played, but I I think back to Teen Canteen and Teen Canteen was this thing in middle school where it was like part like hang out with your friends and play sports and games and part dance. It was like primer before, you know, homecomings and proms and all that sixth, seventh and eighth grade and all the guys. Pretty much all the guys and, like, some of the girls would go into, like, the gym to play, like, basketball and and softball and hockey and all that. And then a lot of the women, a lot of the girls would stay in the the cafeteria just dancing or whatever. Because, you know, those guys were just didn't want to dance unless it was a slow song. Uh But I swear to remember this kind of combination where... where, where uh, Mace's Mo Money Mo Problems would start playing. Yes. And we just knew um, to... Oh, shoot. Wait, wait a minute. Mo Money Mo Problems is not... not sorry, it's Huff. Biggie. Sorry. Uh, Mace is in, Mace is in the Huff. song. Correction. Right, correction. <laughs> Mo Money Mo Problems. 
by Biggie with Mace and Puffy, which that music video is amazing. But so anyways, I remember that song playing and I just loved it with like the, you know, the Diana Ross, I'm coming out sample yeah, in there. Like, sounds bam, like bam, money bam, falling to yeah. me, <laughs> twinkling. Totally. Yeah. And for some reason, every single time in my mind after that song played, All My Life by Casey and JoJo would come up. <laughs> and that was a signal for us guys to like bolt from the gym right into the cafeteria to start dancing with like just find someone to dance with wow what school did you guys go to i thought it was the other way like you know i don't know I guys mean, we, all wanted to dance well, by themselves it was then... like i mean this was uh, this was like late 90s early 2000s like guys were just really nervous to dance when it wasn't a slow dance and you know when it was a slow dance we were standing at least like a half foot and a half away from the girl our our fingers barely touching but barely touching their bodies and we're just kind of swaying back and forth <laughs> in the most awkward rigid motion but i remember that being just this song that i just was like i want to share that 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 moment with you and i remember dancing with a number of different girls to that to a casey and jojo song or like a boys to men song but like all my life stands out just like I pray for someone like you, which was a lot to handle for like a middle schooler. Like we didn't fully understand how you know um, how impactful that would be. Um, but like, but this is all to get to our guest today because his his story of finding the perfect song for the perfect moment is just absolutely hilarious. Um, his name is Mark Abbott. I've shared the stage with this dude at a storytelling show in Washington Heights. He's hilarious. He's a storyteller, a novelist, and a playwright. And today, he's going to share with us the story of how he was so determined to share a recording of a particular culture club song with a love interest of his. Uh-huh. Even if it meant breaking some rules. Whoa. Growing up in a black family, almost everything in the collection was R&B and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad had a huge music collection, both on vinyl and on tape. And it consisted mostly of a lot of jazz, The Loneliest Monk, John Coltrane. And then on the vinyl, it was a lot of Motown, um, a lot of the 70s stuff um, that he loved and my mom loved, and especially Earth, Wind and Fire. He was a huge Earth, Wind and Fire fan. And within his collection of tapes, though, he had a lot of blank tapes. He had a lot of tapes that he recorded stuff off of the radio. Um, he knew how to record off the stereo on the radio. I had to use a regular tape deck, put it up against the speaker whenever I wanted something. And, you know, you always get that, you know, you waited a couple of hours for that one song. And then as soon as it comes on, somebody in the background is like, <laughs> so you get all of this crap yeah. that you didn't want on the tape. It's an art form. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, if you, if you, that's the first way you learn how to record. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that my dad always told us was that within this collection of tapes that he recorded music off of, we were always to ask him. Because some of his tapes were labeled, some of them weren't. And it was sort of like he knew on the ones that weren't labeled what was on it. Just by looking at the, at the tape, he knew what it was. Right. Now, how I came into the whole Culture Club thing, it's the early 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, we're leaving the disco era. We're, we're into Michael Jackson is doing his thing. He's left his brothers, you know, off the wall album and stuff. And my taste in music kind of became very eclectic. I was one of those people that listened to a lot of Z100, yep. a lot of WPLJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Kiss FM and, all, and WBLS, but, you know, that was when I was with the family. Right. But, you know, I started to realize early on that uh, I used to, I liked a lot of other music. And what happened was, this was at a time where my dad had an old record player, 
and he gave it to me and I would go with the little money I had and buy these albums. And there was this one song that I completely fell in love with. And of course, growing up, you never knew the name of the song. Right. You just, you always knew the chorus of it. And it was by happenstance that the chorus was actually the name of the song. Right. How often and it, does that happen these days? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, and, and you always found that out during that hour on the radio when people were calling in to win something. And they were like, name the top 10 songs that we play at 8 o'clock. And is that one song that the chorus of the song is not the title of the song, but everybody knows it by that title. And then that's the song that they lose on. Well, there was a song by Culture Club called um, Time, Clock of the Heart. fell in love with this song. Now, the funny thing about it was that when I first heard the song, I loved it so much, I was like, I gotta have this album. And I had told my mom, I said, yeah, I really like this album, because the girl on the cover of the album is really cute, and she understands <laughs> you know, you know, emotion. And my mother's like, that's a man. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, that, that the boy George, that's his name. That's a man. And I was like, well, little did I know. Right. And, but I didn't care. I really loved this song. What was it about the song that like, really like, drew you in? Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was a slow song. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was different. Because, you know, R&B has a, has a very, very smooth and kind of velvety, velvet flavor to it. Mm -hmm. and, but when you listen to it, it conveys something completely different. It's more mature. This seemed to be more. I don't. I don't like to use the term bubblegum pop, but it seemed to be tailor made to be very simple. It's a very simple song. You listen to R and B. You know there was a whole other mission in R and B. You know, yeah, I yeah. you come over to my house. We gonna drink. You know, I'm going to massage your back. We're going to take a shower. You know, things are escalating to a point. Process, yeah. You seven, eight, nine years old, you ain't thinking about going that far. So it's it's a very simple, you know, you know, take my hand kind of thing. You know, I just want to be around you. This, that. And so it was different. It wasn't like the stuff that I, that I had listened to. And it just seemed to fit what I, as a kid, wanted to say. Yeah. You know, um... And, of course, right around then, you know, you're still in grade school. And now, as, as a boy, you start noticing girls. And you start trying to figure out ways. Because it's really tricky talking to girls. It's still tricky now. But it was, as, a, as an adolescent, you're, you're trying to figure out, well, what's the best way for me to get my point across? Because all the guys in class, it was always that one or two guys in class that were more handsome than you or somebody else. And it was always the ones that all the girls gravitated to and were talking about. So there was a girl in my class um, that I really liked and I didn't know how to express how I felt. And so I decided to make my own version of a mixtape. But the one thing I knew I had to put on this, this tape was this song. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I would 
listen to the radio waiting because I wanted to buy the album. My dad wouldn't let me have it. He bought me everything else, everything. I had Lionel Richie. I had Michael Jackson. But he would not buy me Culture Club. He would not buy me the the, the British uh, bands of that day. So What was his reason? He never gave me a reason. It was just one of those things. I guess it was one of those things where it was like, all right, you can like that on the radio, but in this house, right. you know, we we going we going to keep it black. We going to keep we going to keep the 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 motif of what we got in here. You know, needless to say he had he did have the village people on vinyl. So I hey, yeah. I'm I'm not judging, but I'm just saying, you know, it was carefully hidden away, you know, during that whole YMCA phase. Right, right, right. Um but he wouldn't get me this album, so I was reduced to trying to wait for it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And so I did the, the normal thing. I went and I tried to find a blank tape. And I threw the dice on the table. My father had a pile of these tapes. None of them were labeled. I'm like, what are the odds of one of these actually having something on it? So I grabbed one, took it to my room, put it in the tape deck, and I waited for this one song to come on the radio. Mm-hmm. And after at least it had to be two hours of me sitting there listening to every song. And it's one of those things where you get ready to leave the room to do something and you hear it. And the guy, of course, the guy is talking all through the opening part of the song. And and I'm like, will you just shut up so I can hit record? Because I I don't I don't need all the other stuff. I don't need to know about the tickets that I can win at eight o'clock. I just need you to play this song. So, of course, when he stops talking, it's right when the vocal parts of the song come in. And I click on the thing and I hold it up to the speaker and I'm praying that no one calls me. And luckily, I've been able to to record the entire song. And then I just started randomly recording other slow songs on the radio. Right, to get the mixtape. Just just to get the whole mixtape. And so I did... What every boy does, I took the tape, put it in a piece of loose leaf paper, folded it up, made a nice little package out of it, mm-hmm. wrote her name on it, what was her name? went to school. Ooh. It doesn't matter. You don't have to say her name. It's okay. I'm <laughs> totally cool. You don't have to say her name. Um, don't, do, probably best I, you don't. I'll, I'll just, I will, we'll just say Karen okay. for now. Karen. Karen. <laughs> that we'll, we'll use Karen. That, that's a generic name. So I wrote her name on, on the paper and... It was one of those I had to wait for the right moment because for some reason when you're ready to talk to a girl, nine of her friends need to talk to her at the same time. Yeah. So it's always that oh, I got to I could because I don't know what that is. I don't know why we're scared of that. I don't know if it's it's you know, you don't want to be laughed at. But um, I waited and I gave her the tape and I said, this is for you. I need you to listen to this. Because the music on here reflects how I feel about you. Mm -hmm. And she took the tape home. Two or three days later, she comes back with it. Because for the next two or three days, she'd see me and she'd smile, but she didn't say anything about the tape. That's that's it. Just and just just this leaving me hanging. And of course, you know, she'd whisper to her friends and they'd start laughing or whatever. So finally she comes back with the tape and she goes, here. And I was like, no, this is for you. She goes, well, I'm a little confused by this tape. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, there's one side of the tape. I think I understand what you're trying to say, but (laughs) the other side doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, what do you you mean the other side doesn't make any sense? 
She goes, well, the other side of the tape has like all this other kind of music on it that does. I'm not sure what you're trying to con- convey. Mm-hmm. Convey, I say convey now, but I'm sure it wasn't convey when she said it <laughs> back in the early 80s. And so I took the tape home and I pressed the thing and I hear, you know, the very bad recording off the radio. And I said, like, well, what was on the other side? So I flipped the tape over and I started playing. And all of a sudden, I start hearing like this funk kind of beat come in with the guitar. And I suddenly realize it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. So you never checked the I tape? I never checked the tape. Oh. So this was one of my father's, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire live at some place, oh you know, yeah. that back in the day was, one of, was considered rare. Right, right, right. And so I just chucked the tape back in with the rest of his stuff, <laughs> and I said nothing. So, summertime gets here, and my family's throwing a barbecue. And my father decides this is the time, you know, my uncles are here. Oh, you got to hear this. You got to hear this tape. So he pops it in and I hear the, the funk going in. I'm like, oh. oh, and we're good, though. We're good. He's playing it. And I'm figuring, well, side one, we're doing good. We're doing good. And then the tape stops. And this was before we had auto flip on, on the tape. You had to go stop tape, flip it over. So he flips it over. And of course now, what starts playing is this very bad recording off the radio. And my father's like, what the hell is this? And of course now, everyone at the party is now looking at my father like, oh, Milton, <laughs> what's, what, 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 what's this you recording? Right. And he's like, this ain't mine. I, I didn't record this. And he looks right at me. And I'm like, I have no idea what, I, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, did you record over my music? I was like... No. <laughs> he goes, so how did this happen? I don't know. He said, you don't know. He goes, because I know I don't listen to this. He goes, so what is this? I'm like, okay, see, <laughs> you had some blank tapes, right? Now, I know, I know what you said, but it was sitting in your blank tape pile. I, it had nothing on it. And he goes, how many times have I told you that you have to ask me before you take my stuff? Mm-hmm. So needless to say... My father was not happy about this whole incident. <laughs> um, I'm sure the the look of confusion on the rest of the family's faces, because they're like, man, this brother, your son grew up watching Soul Train. What, what, what is all this, <laughs> How did he get all this other, other music on here? Right. And it was, it was just a lesson that I learned very early on in life that, you know, just because, you know, the tapes are there... For, for your taking doesn't mean you're supposed to take them. So, <laughs> yeah, that. Oh my gosh. There it is. That's crazy. And did he, uh, so like, yeah, how, did you get in trouble? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was the end of my summer. Oh, that, that summer, that summer was very bleak oh. because it, it consisted of, you know, my parents, they, they believed in punishments mm. and their punishments were very interesting. These were the, well, you can't go outside. For at least two weeks, which during the day, 90 degree heat is fine. But at four o'clock when the sun starts to go down and all your friends are outside with the football and playing baseball and they got their bikes and they're knocking on the door and you're sitting in the kitchen and you see them at the door like, hey, can Mark come out? No, Mark's not coming out. Slam. Uh, No, no, no. He's on punishment. 
You know, it's yeah. like, come back in two weeks. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Which is funny in, in like, because in perspective, like, you didn't, like, you know, commit a crime. No. You didn't hurt anybody. You messed up some of your dad's fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I guess, the their punishment was, like, we're going to mess up some of your fun. Too. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Which is funny, but you're like, come on, man. Come on, man. You it, can it's, buy that, it's, right? It's, it's, a, it's a tape. Right. And you can get, yeah, I mean, because, you know, back in the day, you know, early, late 70s, early 80s, when you got your hand on a live album or anything of that sort, that was a special deal. Yeah. You know, those albums used to come. Uh, I remember his Marvin Gaye live at the Palladium. It was like three albums, you know, of music. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, you go and take the album and scratch it. That's, You're done. you know, it's yeah. not like now you got an MP3, you know, you clean, pure music. You don't have to worry about it skipping or doing anything. <laughs> but it, But then... You know, and then, of course, the question was, like, how did you record this? Because mm-hmm. I know you didn't use, you know, I gave you something to record, so I know you didn't use my stereo. Uh, to, to, no. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't, didn't touch the stereo because oh, you, you couldn't touch the electronics in the house. So, so are you taken back to that time? That like that whole situation. Whenever you hear the song, yeah, like, yeah. The thing is, is that I I still cherish that song, mm-hmm. and I had recently found it on vinyl. My brother and I just split up my my dad's vinyl collection. He had a huge collection, and we sat down one day and we just went through, you know, everything. And um, some of it is is great to live. You know, I had to go buy me a, a turntable, and some of it is really great to hear. Like you know, it brings back those memories. Some of those records need to be put out to pasture because the second you put the needle on it, you know, you don't even hear music. It's just, it's like, man, you really didn't keep this album in in good condition. Or we played it to death. Mm. You know, it was one of those things. So I had recently stumbled across a vinyl copy of of that Culture Club album that I never got to buy Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And when you look at some of the price, because he still had the price tags on some of them. So oh, back then, those that you know, special deal five ninety nine. Oh man, you know eight ninety nine. Oh. You know now you go to somebody on the street, it's like, man, how much you want for this twenty one fifty twenty one dollars right. for some vinyl? Come on, man, it's, it's, it's a record. You yeah. found that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you really didn't even know you had this in your collection, and went online was like, oh, I can get twenty bucks for this. But it's worth it, you know, to, to be able to sit down and, and have nostalgia come back. Thank you, Mark, for sharing your story. I hope your dad can finally forgive you for using one of his tapes. I mean, I hope y'all can just laugh at that moment and just say, hey, things happen, right? <laughs> I mean, that's all good for Mark and his dad. I wonder if Mike Murphy would be laughing if he heard this episode and oh! my secret got out of the bag. And your voicemails. <laughs> Enough about me, though. Mark Abbott is a novelist playwright, short film director, and storyteller. His written works include A Gamble of Faith, The Hookie Party, and The Dead Syndicate. His short horror film, Snap, was an official selection at the 2015 Coney Island Film Festival. Mark is also a Moth Story Slam and Grand Slam winner, as well as the host of the monthly open mic, Man, You've Gotta Hear This, at Precious Metal in Bushwick. He is also co-host of the podcast Beef, Wine, and Shenanigans. Mark was born and raised in Brooklyn and is still proud to call the best borough his home today. Isn't that right, Gia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can check out more of his work and future appearances on whoisMarkLAbbott.com. 
Play It Back is produced by me, John Asante. And me, Gia Jung. Our engineer is Steve Francis at Stush Studios. Shout out to Amos Rose for making our theme music. If you're a fan of our work, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love it if you could rate our podcast and leave a review, please. Yes, very pretty please. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at Play It Back. We're on Twitter at Play It Back Radio. And if you want to learn more about Culture Club's time, Clock of the Heart, check out our brand spanking new website made by Gia, playitbackradio.wordpress.com. As always, we want to hear from you. That was part of making the new website, so you won't have any more excuses. So there will be a button there. You can tell us your story of searching for that perfect song. What lengths did you go to in order to find it? Let us know. Drop us a line at playitbackradio at gmail.com or from our website. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>